Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your host, Owen Kate, like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsik, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Uh, Noel, it is the end of an era. It is an, a day that I thought might never come. Uh, listeners, yesterday, as we record, my Twitter feed was was all a flutter for two things. Half of my Twitter feed was very focused on the Mueller report being turned in. At five o'clock on a Friday, like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I like... Normally, it's that's right around when we record, and uh, this week it wasn't because of life, and I was like, <laughs> this would have been quite the thing to go into a recording with. Um, but right at, like, at least on my feed, at the same time, the the cast broke the news that Supernatural will be ending after next season, and that was the other half of my Twitter feed, going like, wow, yeah. I thought it'd never end, end of an era, last WB show, last CW show coming to an end at the end of next year. Uh, were you as shocked as I was? I'm kind of surprised, yeah. And I'm, But I'm also sort of between this and also Arrow doing a short 10-episode season. I think CW is definitely changing gears in some way. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of this is also a result of the Warner Brothers and AT&T merger into Warner Media. And how much of that is playing into what AT&T thinks its half of the CW needs to be. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really surprised, though, in terms of I legitimately thought that this show was going to outlast SVU. (laughs) Yep. Well, I, I, like you said, especially with Arrow ending, I expected that they would want to have their staple show there as they launched like the next phase, especially with the different rumblings we've been hearing about, you know, the other like Supergirl and Flash and uh, and Legends and stuff like I was surprised. But I mean, it also could have just been the cast was like, we're done. It's, it's really hard work and we love it and we're really grateful. But also it's been 15 years. We're ready to stop working out and only eating protein. <laughs> and Jensen Eccles is like, I'm almost as old as Jeffrey Dean Morgan was when this show started. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I don't know if, like, part of me wants to take the summer and catch back up so I can watch the last season. Where did you stop? Oh, this most recent season. Okay. I have, like, seven seasons. <laughs> I've seen the first ten seasons. I jumped off okay. when they killed Charlie. Um, and okay, right, right. So, I remember now. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe I can, I, I have to think about how I want to approach it because I was, it was, I was talking to people the other day about this and I was like, no, actually like, cause they don't watch the show and they only sort of know about it through pop culture, right? And through osmosis. Right. It's like, but no, there's like a solid four really, really good seasons at the beginning of the show. Right, like yes, th- there are three to four like really terrific seasons, like an all-time great genre finale in the season five finale. Um, if mm-hmm. it if that was the that was the original 
projected series finale and then of course it got renewed for another 10 years (laughs) Um, but like there's a lot of really great stuff there and uh it certainly when it's good when it's like when it's firing on all cylinders supernatural is a terrific show i mean i still have plenty of problems with it but uh it it feels like such a milestone that i kind of want to be in the mix you know when it ends next yeah. year, so I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about it. But you're, you're like, no, that's eight seasons to catch up on. That's too many. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's so many. Uh, Rowan Kaiser pointed out that you'd have to watch six episodes a day, mm-hmm. starting from the beginning, to be caught up in time for the finale, basically, or for the the premiere. Yeah, uh, yeah, for the uh, like projected finale sort of thing, and it's just like that's too many episodes. And also, I really only like the first five seasons of like the seven or six and a half that I watched. Yeah, no, there's definitely um, like a recovery period, right? Yeah. No, that's what someone told me is like it gets real good again after like season eleven, and I just went. That is too long of a stretch <laughs> of not being good. That's so funny. Um, yeah. But it's also. I also feel like it's very much sort of a show that you can sort of like dip in and out of, which is kind of how I've operated with it for a long time of like, all right, I'm going to watch this meta episode, even though I haven't watched anything in a year. Scooby-Doo. And I'm going to be okay with that. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to watch Scooby-Doo or I'm going to watch the high school girls do a supernatural musical episode. Oh, that's so good. And I really enjoyed that episode. It's so good. It's, it's one of the best musical episodes i can think of actually it's really good yeah i think so too in part because it like takes place in a theater which makes a big difference when you're doing this kind of a thing yeah um so i think it's i think it's kind of just monumental because i pointed out in my feed because i've been reading a book about oak ridge tennessee which is one of the uh, manhattan project sites um that the writer points out that for a lot of americans um they never knew a United States that didn't have FDR as president. And for a lot of people, they don't know primetime television without Supernatural on the schedule yeah. in a lot of ways. Same thing with a number of other long-running programs that I kind of did a tw- Twitter thread about. Because I have time to do Twitter threads now again, Kate. Um, <laughs> and so it's just like really weird to think about like the Supernatural being the first of probably like these very long-running uh primetime broadcast shows scripted primetime broadcast shows i should amend Mm -hmm. ending probably pretty soon like approaching like criminal minds is going to be over this year as well uh, next year i should say and it's run as long as uh supernatural has um so we're gonna start seeing some shifts i think and it's gonna be really weird when Maybe The Simpsons is the only thing standing. Who knows? Yeah. After the Disney and Fox merger, I don't know. Kate. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's weird to think about, but it, that is absolutely the case. The that kids now, like teenagers, even like yeah. young twenty somethings now, have never yeah. lived in a world that they were aware pop culture pop culturally that they were aware of that didn't have. Marvel superhero movies, multi-universe yeah. blockbuster superhero franchises, and Supernatural. And like, yeah, you know, it's it's just so different from the pop culture landscape that we grew up in where like superheroes and were in comics were a bad, like were bad word, you know, where that was get yeah. you mocked and, and looked down on where uh, genre shows on TV were campy or really played down the genre or bad, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, it's just such a different landscape. It's weird to think about, like, that kind of thing of, like, 
there was a time where either it was downplayed or X-Files gets nominated for a few Emmys every now and then because of how it presents its genre trappings. Yeah. Um, and just the weirdness of that whole discourse as well. And yeah, but now it's, there's been just noticeable shifts. And, um, but also we should also point out that like Smallville ended with like 11 seasons and just kept going. Yeah. Um, and made, along with Supernatural, made the transition to the CW. And, um, yeah, so it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say crazy. It's just a lot of like shifting media landscapes for us, especially as old people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as olds. We are amongst the olds. Um, before mm-hmm. Supernatural announced, or the cast, I should say, announced that Supernatural will be ending at the end of next year, uh, the next TV season, I should say. Uh, the news I was going to talk about is that Shit's Creek is also ending next year. So many shows are mm-hmm. ending this year and next year, dude. Like, so, so many of them. I'm not ready to say goodbye to all these shows. And granted, I'm a new convert to Shit's Creek, but like... I was about to say, you just started a Shit's and Creek. And I'm fully on board. <laughs> but like, obviously, One Day at a Time just got canceled recently. Jane is finishing up. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is finished. There's like a lot of shows that I really, really love that are going away or or that I uh, follow and that are have been a big presence in my TV viewing that are going away uh, over the course of these next two years. And now one of the missions Creek, but the lovely thing about it for me is that I still have another four seasons I get to watch and discover. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to diving back into the, the Netflix catalog when I have some time. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about this week's episode of Shit's Creek. It was terrific. But but yeah, but that got blown out of the water by the Supernatural <laughs> news. So yeah, Shit's yeah. Creek, we, I shall miss you. But I'm glad that they are getting us, like again, like they got renewed and th- it sounds like the, the creatives chose to end the show. Like we've told mm-hmm. all the stories. Yeah. It, we're just going to be retreading if we keep it going. So, you know, I can respect that quite a bit. Um, we got some listener feedback. Um, I'm gonna say your name wrong. Tomka, maybe? Tom Key? I, T-U-M-K-E. Um, what? Yeah. Apologies, Apologies for our lack of German. Yeah. Tomka, <laughs> I don't know if that's a name or if it's like a portmanteau or I, I don't know. Um, but they say after years on my two watch list, Top Chef has finally made it to the top. Um, only now there are so many seasons that I don't know where to begin. Uh, can you recommend a season or a specific episode I should, uh, watch to test the waters. So I'm not sure, Noel, <laughs> because you don't, you can watch like any season of Top Chef. And my instinct is yeah. like there's some seasons that aren't quite as interesting as the rest, but in general, I think I have a pretty decent hit to miss ratio. And yeah. my instinct is to say pick a region that you are interested in the cuisine of. So, like, if you like Chicago, yeah. watch the Chicago season. If you like, Kentucky, Southern, you know, watch this most recent season. Um, that's sort of where I, I lean towards. Is there a particular like cast or season that you are drawn to, or do you have a similar like, sort of like regional perspective? No. So after seeing this question, I pulled up like the list of seasons and kind of flipped through them real quick. And so here's what I recommend is that you do either seasons four, five, or six, which have really great casts. Season four has the first appearance of Richard Blaze. Is that the Voltaggio season? No, Voltaggio season six. Okay. 
And that is also a really good season. It's also got Kevin Galepsi. Mm-hmm. Um, season five is the Carla Hall season. There's yeah. uh, Fabio's in that season as well. Um, those three seasons are, I think, real good and kind of peak Top Chef. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also do season eight, though, which is the All-Star season, which has a bunch of really great people um, that had previously competed on the show come back in, including Blaze, including Carla. Uh, Mike Isabella's in that season as well. Um, so there's a lot of really good people in that particular season. And the challenges, if I remember correctly, because it was all-stars are really good. And the competition is really stiff because these are people who, by and large, came pretty close to winning. Or they went on to do really big things after Top Chef. Mm-hmm. And Top Chef was like, please come back. <laughs> um, so I think, again, seasons four, five, or six, and then season eight are sort of like a good way to get a sense of the show. And they all, all three of those, all four of those seasons have really great uh, chef testaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that really, that's a big part of it. Um, all of those seasons, I believe, have a judging lineup that we are on board with. Um, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Padma's, Padma's in those seasons. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, I mean, like, Gail, right, has a bigger presence later on in the show um, compared to the early seasons, yes. the very early seasons. But yeah. yeah, and they're still kind of like finding their feet in the first couple of seasons. So while yeah. I enjoyed it, and I, I watched right from the beginning, um, like there is a little bit of an energy of like, are you serious with this in the first couple of seasons that then yes. like settles in later on. So I think those are excellent suggestions. Thank you, Noel. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, I was really happy to look at this and go, I mean, you could watch season two for the Marcel of it all, oh, but why would you really want no, to? No, don't do That's got one of the worst <laughs> things. Like that's like season two has got one of the worst things in the show's history as far as just sh- like yeah. chef. At, like bullying and antics so yeah no and i think that they made a really dedicated effort to stop that from ever happening yes again because it was bad it was, bad. It was real bad yeah. and that's the thing, yeah. like you're like you're watching that season and you just can't stand one of the, one of the chefs and then the other chefs just like harass that chef and you're like, I get where yeah. you're coming from because he's obnoxious, but that's not okay. It's not okay. No. Um, so, yeah. So I would say don't start with season two. <laughs> like you're saying, don't start with season one. But these later ones, I think that's the show hitting its stride. So those are excellent choices. Um, there is more TV news and other things going on, but we need to get into our weekend TV. So we are going to do that. At the end of the show, we're going to be talking about season one of Shrill, which uh, was released on Hulu this week. That's the uh, uh, Lindy West uh, comedy starring Aidy Bryant. So uh, we'll be talking about that at the end of the show. But for now, let's take a break, listen to a little uh, Crazy Six Girlfriend music, and come back with our week in comedy, reality, and genre. We'll be right back after this. Hey. West Covina Thought that I had to break free Well it took me two years To shake off my fears And see that the problem was me Hey West Covina We may not always agree But you're okay West Covina should I stay West Covina? What do you say, West Covina? What'll it be? Mm-hmm. 
that was What'll It Be? Reprise from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend this week. Uh, this week in genre, comedy, and reality, we're going to talk about the finale of Black Lightning, The Book of the Apocalypse, Chapter 2, The Omega, then Supergirl, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, sorry. oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Like, where art thou? Like, I mean, I don't know. I think that's... I didn't need the question mark on that title. Anyways, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as I'm Finding My Bliss. I'm going to talk a little bit about Schitt's Creek, Meet the Parents. Um, then we'll talk last week tonight with John Oliver's Public Shaming, which is the Monica Lewinsky episode. Then we'll talk Queer Eye Season 3. And we'll round things up with uh, some drag race conversation, both the previous episode, Diva Worship, and this week's episode, Trump the Rusical. So first up is Black Lightning. What did you think of this finale? Mm, not great uh-huh. um it's it's overstuffed um but that became an issue i think increasingly with this season of they had a lot of plates and they kind of let some of the plates stop spinning um but i think that like as a finale like there are just kind of weird issues with it um not the least of which is the weird fight with the, the masters of disaster uh, in which all of these people have superpowers, right? I think that they all have superpowers. <laughs> they don't use them. But they don't <laughs> all use them at the same time. They don't use them in the fight. And it's real weird. It's real weird. Um, so all of that is like really frustrating when you're watching a superhero show. And especially when you've got a bunch of superheroes and supervillains with powers. And it's like... Nah, they're just going to punch each other. I'm just like, but that's what Arrow is for. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to line up one at a time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, no, use your powers as a group. It's two of them. Just use your powers as a group. That's the point (laughs) of a team up, literally. Yeah. So that that was really frustrating. Um, The final confrontation with Tobias felt really flat. Mm-hmm. which is not what you want after two seasons and 26 episodes of build up or 29 episodes of build up. Um and while I'm sort of vaguely intrigued by the Markovia is coming sort of idea, I'm also just like, well, at least we know that this definitely does not take place on Flash's Earth because otherwise Markovia would have in- invaded Central City already. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um so it's just there's just not a whole lot there there in this episode, which was really frustrating. And for me, I think the biggest sense of this finale is that it really called attention to the fact that as much as I enjoyed large swatches of this season, it was just a really not good season sort of overall, I think, in terms of paying careful attention to the things that they did so well in season one. Um, so we can get into that a little bit more in a minute, but what did you think about the finale? I thought it was okay. Um, I thought there was some good stuff in there, some good threads, and I like some of what they're setting up for next season, definitely. But there was just uh, a a lack of payoff to some of what was happening. Like, like the stuff that they were building to with Lala seemed really interesting. Yes. And then they don't do any they're like we've got bigger plans for that character it's like i don't care for you to have bigger plans for that character and they unkilled khalil which is irritating and they didn't even have a mention of grace which like it was overstuffed and yet i didn't get the things i was more interested in um i like that we got i like that (laughs) 
uh, is it was it Lynn the mom right got yes got Lynn. got her moment was it just oh god that was so good Sorry. and then they just kind of let it keep going for a little bit I just went. I, this is very good. <laughs> yeah, when later when they're having dinner and the you know daughter's Jennifer's like you you handled your business. I was like that is great. That yes, I am on board for that. So there was some stuff that I really liked. I, the debut of Lightning was appropriately dramatic. The like mm-hmm. talking her down so she doesn't become a killer. I think really worked. It that like the number of times we've seen shows do that kind of a thing, like genre shows where it's like, yes, they deserve to die, but you don't deserve to be a killer kind of a thing. Um, It usually doesn't sell it for me, but this did. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The, the, the best example I can think of of that actually is Buffy. Um, yeah. Which is like, I don't, I don't know if anybody else is going to do that as effectively. Um, I could see Gamby doing that kind of a thing and it kind it working here but um but the, if you know just the standard talk down the superhero don't kill the villain because the plot needs us not to moment like mm-hmm. <laughs> this is about as good as you're gonna do on that i think and that's down to the performances from the actors um i i think the decision to move so completely away from the high school and jefferson's role as principal is an understandable decision but one that i find disappointing and takes away from the central narrative and themes of the show which was such a big part of what made it interesting starting out um and it looks like they're just going to get more and more centered on the superhero activity especially with the governmental um like twist sort of at the end odell yeah yeah, and that is less interesting than the day-to-day stuff for me. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, I thought that there was some stuff that, like I said, really resonated and really worked. And then there was a bunch of other stuff that felt like filler or felt like a just a delayed, sort of like the end of uh, Sabrina season one, where it's like, okay, so this what this is saying is that next season is going to be great. And I kind of need you to say in the finale, here's why you watched this season. And I don't know yeah. that that this finale really, really did that. I was so I was so disappointed to see Khalil, you know, in, in that case. I was like, we, it was so great that you committed to this, and and it's so rare that a show does, and you did, or it seemed to, at least much better than the, with Gamby, and uh, and then you undid it. Uh, that's twice in one season that they've done that, and that's like ridiculous. Maybe. Maybe they intentionally made the Gamby thing horrible and really obvious right. so that we wouldn't see the Khalil thing coming. That's entirely possible. I would not have put it past them. Um, I think the Grace thing is probably like the biggest issue that I'm having a little bit. Um, especially when you think about the fact that like, or Anissa in particular is really groundbreaking as a representation within anything really yeah um as a black gay female superhero um and in a relationship Mm -hmm. and instead of really committing to this search for grace it's regulated to a c-plot that gets no development um and but we do an entire arc yeah (laughs) about our uh, our straight couple yeah (laughs) running away from home and it's like this feels like a weird this feels like a this this feels really unweighted in and disconnected from understanding exactly what you have in your hands here in lieu of doing something that's a lot easier and a lot more comfortable. 
And that's really frustrating to see. And especially for a show that has demonstrated a willingness to sort of poke and do things that are uncomfortable um, within its genre than to go like, nope, sorry, uh, we're, we're not going to do anything. And I don't know how much of this comes down to like the actor availability that the woman who plays Grace just was not available as much as maybe they thought she was going to be. And that's why they just did it whenever she was. But it just was really, really frustrating to watch that uh, disconnect between what they were doing with um, Jennifer and Cleo and then but not having kind of the same sort of setup mm-hmm. with Anissa and Grace and not doing anything with it instead. And so that was just really, really frustrating to watch, especially, like you said, by the time the finale rolls around, it's just like, Grace who? Mm-hmm. And it's not great. Um, and then... The school is also really, really frustrating for me because I just, narratively and structurally, I can understand the impulse to kind of shift away from the school. But like you said, it it prevents them from being engaged in the community in a very direct way. And without that connection and the idea that Jefferson would leave this school to this guy yeah. is ridiculous. It, I don't buy it for a moment. Um. And so those two things, I think, are, like, my biggest problems with this season overall. Um, by the time that we roll around to those finales, that neither of these things make sense in the context of what this show sort of is. And what it more so builds itself as, especially in season one. Um, and so it was just really frustrating, especially after, like, that great Seth Freeland arc that we got that was really yeah. good. And really thoughtful and really, like, pushed a lot of boundaries. And then it just went, yeah, no, 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 not anymore. We're done. (laughs) And that's kind of, like, where the show dipped. Like, I stopped kind of watching after the South Freeland arc. And I feel good about that decision now in retrospect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I I had forgotten about that. But, yeah, that was really cool. That was a really cool chunk of the season. And, like, I'm more and more on board with this uh book structure that they're doing yeah i think it works great. really well and more shows would benefit from approaching yeah. their their storytelling that way especially these genres superhero kind of shows but um and, and because they aren't equal sets you know they yeah. as much story as that book has they they do and then they move to the next one and uh, like because like because it's easy to think of like veronica mars doing that like the threes but like but they wrote themselves into we need a six episode and a six episode and a seven or whatever it was yeah um when they didn't necessarily have an equal story each time so this like the freedom they're giving themselves with how they approach the storytelling in black lightning i think is really smart and it'll be interesting to see if other shows take that on um and also it's good for viewers so like people can just like jump in at the start of a new book yeah it is um no it's really great Um, the only other, like, really positive thing I have to say is that the music selection in this episode is on point. Mm -hmm. Um, the, just, there's a lot of really good tracks in this finale in particular. Um, I'd encourage you to go and, like, Tune Finder and look it up. Um, but there's a lot of really good tracks on this, in this finale that just make up for a lot of other problems that I have with it because the music is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's always been a strength of the show and it's... Uh, it's one that has definitely stayed on point all season. So yeah, well, well, uh, well mentioned, well, well remembered. I'm glad that we got a shout out to the music uh, supervising department. Uh, yeah, here and as we discuss the finale, let's move over though to Supergirl and talk about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and uh, the introduction 
of John Cryer as way too old Lex Luthor. Um, yes. And what an introduction. I thought it worked like gangbusters. What did you think? I... I, I remember that when we were discussing this, apart from the old of it all, and he is way too old, and the chemistry between him and McGrath can't make up for the sheer on-screen age disparity yeah. that they're not supposed to have. Like, God bless them, they're trying super hard, but and they work really well together, but it's just like the age difference on-screen is too much to get past. And I like the idea that we're kind of pretending that he looks rough because he's been sick. Yeah. And that's kind of a clever way to do this, but it still doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, apart from that discussion that we had, I remember saying that the only way that this is really going to work is if Cryer leans closer to, like, Spacey Hackman Lex Luthor rather than like Clancy Brown or like some more serious kind of Lex Luthor. And by golly, by the end, he's in like <laughs> full Spacey Hackman mode, conducting bullets as they fly into people. And it's like, this is the correct choice on all the levels because it's delightful. It's mm-hmm. really, really delightful. And I'm happy to eat this crow about being like, this seems like a bad idea, but it's actually really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they did. If you're if you're gonna cast Cryer, yeah, if like that's okay, there's nothing we can say about that. Then from that point, well done. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I right. thought that his performance worked really well, both when he was actually sick and when he was feigning. Like I thought that all the different, like the in the different tones he was bringing to different scenes really worked. Obviously, Katie McGrath is great with everyone. Um, yes. So, so you know that that's a big part of of why those scenes are so successful. But just diving you right in with like peak Lex at his like most manic and crazed, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, like just starting at eleven and yes. <laughs> just showing you why he's in jail and like what prompted Lena to try to resuscitate her family name and all this stuff. I think really works. Um. And and then ending with it in that same way, the connecting in Lex with uh the other Supergirl clone Supergirl or whatever we have coming is going to work, I think, very nicely. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this will dovetail with the the Sons of Liberty and all of that. That's mm-hmm. you know been building all season. I think tentative to say this because there's been plenty of stuff I haven't liked this season, but I think yeah. that. We may be heading for our best finale yet, or, or last yeah. chunk. It seems like they have they have a really steady, confident hand on how they're going to bring this all together, and the pacing yes. has been really well done. I think, for, for especially for this show, um, compared to like how they've handled some of the other pacings in, in different seasons. So I'm actually pretty excited about the end of the season. I am too. Uh, I think that they're, like you said, I think that they've done a really good job of balancing sort of a couple of their impulses, like letting um, um, Sam Witwer's character, whose name I can't remember for the life of me right Mm -hmm. now, um, fade out for like two to three episodes and then be like, we're going to like really kind of establish the elite right now and deal with, do that as a little bit. And like, oh, this is good. This is good. This is a good take on the elite as well. And then we're going to, like, introduce, we're going to introduce Lex. And we're going to have Lex, like, obviously, like, tie into a lot of this. Because <laughs> in our notes, listeners, I have what? It listed it because it's just like, wait, 
Why is Eve working for Lex? This is not okay. <laughs> the entire time. And yeah. it's like, I'm just like, I, it's silly and I don't, I, I don't know what to do with it. But the fact of the matter is, is like, I was sold on it as soon as Cryer shouts Miss Tessmacher mm-hmm. and that really elongated shout. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm on board with I'll this. I'll go with this. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm super on board with this because there's no way for, there's no reason for that elongated shout for her. Like he stretches that mocker out like real hard and it's like there's no reason for that and i love it so much (laughs) and that's that's what gets me on board with a like even though it's right at the end of the episode it's like oh okay i am on board with this i am on board with this luther but i'm also on board with this idea that miss tessmacher has been evil since the (laughs) get-go well and it it just makes so much sense it like clicks into place yeah, really nicely. It's like, oh, that's why we had so many scenes with her in there in the lab. Yeah. It would, you know, like in a way that normally we wouldn't have had. It's like, yeah, before, previously felt like, oh, like women, female, uh, and women representation in STEM. You know, like it's yeah. not, you know, like that kind of a thing. But I was like, well, she's around a lot, and it's like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, that's why. Which is a satisfying when when you get that sense of ah oh, okay they know what they were doing and they were leading to this and they did they laid the groundwork they did the prep that they needed it's a really um it's a really satisfying experience and feeling as a viewer because right. it's like you're 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 trust like you it's building trust in the viewer mm-hmm. for the creators and the writers it's like oh you're in safe hands we know what we're doing we know where we're going and uh it's gonna be fun <laughs> and it's also yeah. such a lex thing too yes yeah it is um which is the other really nice thing about it is that it's very much a lex thing um do you have anything about james and all that stuff surrounding the hospital yeah um, <laughs> um i don't care about it and they if he he nearly died and they do not have an appropriately heavy scene after he's okay reacting yeah. to that. They too quickly pivot to comedy with his mom on the phone. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, you know, I get the idea that with his sister that she has been in this situation before. And so at least initially it's just, Oh, he went and got himself beat up again. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like that makes sense. But when it takes a turn and it's very likely he will die, um, I didn't feel like the emotional stakes rose proportionate to what was happening, at least for, for his sister, definitely. And for most of the characters as well. Um, and, and I think that the, the end of the storyline, I guess that p- subplot in the episode really wasn't all that satisfying and hopefully we'll get yeah. more. Um, I do need this to be how and why uh, Alex figures out that, that she's Supergirl. Cause like, Yeah. That's, yeah, it's it. That feels like that's the only reason this is in here. Yes, <laughs> and, I, and to I push agree, Lena. Yeah, yeah. I think that both of those, the, both of those, are why this is here. It's like we need to like push this. We've been deeply dedicated. To this Alex doesn't know that she's Supergirl, even though that also means that we get significantly less of the DEO, mm-hmm. um, and we have to figure out ways to work them in. Um, Brainy and Nall's um, stuff in the hospital mm-hmm. is adorable, very and cute. sweet. Yeah. Um, but it's very much a, we have to figure out a way to get out of the DEO a little bit, and this is how we're going to do it. But it's also like, we've stayed really dedicated to this, guys. We didn't undo it yet. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I really I really liked the Brainy and, and Nia stuff. 
Um, I'm assuming he knows things about her history, her future, right? Which is why they can't be together. Um, Yeah. And uh, so I look forward to that that conversation, which will undoubtedly happen. And they are going to get together because they're too adorable. And so just how they manage that will be, I think, fun. Again, that's another reason I'm looking forward to this next part of the season. However, we should talk about Jean and Manchester and the nothing (laughs) that, that, like... It was that did not work well. No. And like the way that they've been trying to build this up hasn't really worked well for me overall. Um, I've just been sort of frustrated by the I like this concept that they put Jean in of like wanting to do peace and that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And while I think back to that Black Lightning quote of like, "Eh, just because there's peace doesn't mean it's peaceful. Mm-hmm. type of thing but th- this oscillates too much between extremes and it's really difficult to kind of reconcile that and so this is just kind of like you said it's sort of a nothing sort of thing and i'm not keen on it yeah i i would assume he's actually gone actually dead um and so i don't know what that means for the rest of the elite and for everything else with this storyline but uh, i think they have a lot going on so you know, hopefully they have a plan. Hopefully they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Supergirl or is it time for a little uh, community theater with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I need to like, f- I need to flip my scarf that gets progressively longer and longer <laughs> and then just becomes a shawl. <laughs> oh, Sherry O'Terry. Okay, we're clearly talking about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and I'm finding my bliss. Um, this is a f- like the return of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend for its last run of episodes we're gonna miss it when it's gone um and so rebecca goes to try community theater and has to reevaluate a lot of the assumptions that she made about herself and her uh the way she has defined herself without much reflection since she was a, a kid and all all of the the uh elliot's something right uh songs were super fun and ridiculous uh i it was not as hard-hitting as maybe i would have uh liked from like it was very silly this is a very silly episode but uh, like down to daryl and his apple man (laughs) like breakthrough um but yeah you didn't get it from the you should treat your employees better and respect them as people song (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. I didn't really no. pick up anything from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I'm I'm enjoying what we get the the renewed love triangle or love quadrangle stuff that we get in this episode, and and that clearly we'll be headed towards for the rest of the season. Um, is not as interesting to me, and it feels too tidy. That it's like, well, it's almost at the end of the season of holidays, so time for everybody <laughs> to be back in love with Rebecca. Yeah. I don't have much more to add to this because you've summed it all up really, really nicely is that this is a very silly episode. It's enjoyable in a lot of ways, but it also, it's also, it just feels really frothy Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't necessarily need that, need the show to feel at this point. And especially with the idea that we're going to renew the love dodecahedron Mm -hmm. that is happening. And Polygon. That's the love Polygon. Mm-hmm. When I can't think of a name for another multi-sided chain, I just need to say Polygon. There you go. Um, so the love Polygon that's happening here and that it just doesn't 
I don't I don't need it because we've kind of moved past it, I feel like, really successfully. Mm-hmm. And so it's just frustrating to see it get renewed. It's frustrating to watch Josh just keep painting the same block over and over again. <laughs> um, yeah. But at the same time, that was also very funny because it's like that is exactly what he would do. Uh, but it's just, there's, there's not enough, like, to really drive a lot of this action, and it definitely feels sort of like the show running in place in a lot of ways before we can get to, like, the actual last stretch of episodes that we're about to enter into. So, yeah, it just, it didn't really click for me. Um, the songs were okay. I just appreciate the show's dedication to the idea that Rebecca is not a good singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that I concept. It's like, Rebecca's not a good singer in actual life. Mm-hmm. She's great in with everyone else, but in, like, fantasy singing, but not great in, the not great in, like, but has lots of energy. It's yeah. Real good energy. Really going for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I appreciated the show clearly going, okay. Uh, Skylar Aston is not Santino Fontana. They're very different performers, but he can play the piano, man. So we're going to make yeah. sure that we actually, we're going to show him. We're going to pan down to his hands. See, he's really playing and go back up to his face, move it around back to the hands again. Yup. See, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> no digital trickery here. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, uh, the, I mean, I don't, it's been a while since I watched it, but I recall feeling very like, and don't show the hands. <laughs> for the yeah, first no, time no. um so that was it that was kind of fun i was enjoying yeah. that yeah what did you think yeah. of greg's decision like, i like the stuff we got with greg and uh heather in this episode was like yeah no i dated you you were miserable because you hated yourself yeah and i think that was sort of like a long time coming as well it was i'm glad that the show sort of like circled back to them mm-hmm. and it provided a nice little bit of closure and in a lot of ways it helps to better justify his decision to stay beyond I did it for you, Rebecca. Well, um, and the fact that she, that he didn't, he's not doing it just for her is a yeah. big part of why that is an effective yes. like moment with them. Yeah. Because if he was just staying for her, that would be not healthy. Yes, and it would be. She is wonderfully at a place where she can understand that now. Yeah, but yeah, I, I we'll see what happens with that love polygon and uh, more on that next week for listeners who've already watched this week's episode. Uh, but for now, let's move over to Shit's Creek, meet the parents, and I really love this episode, Noel, and I think this is a very um, a, a very good episode to really show the priorities of this series and the way like why people love it and the setup for this episode is that david who is one of like the main characters uh is throwing a surprise party for his boyfriend who's always wanted a david hates parties he hates surprise parties um but his boyfriend's always wanted one and so it's his birthday so he's gonna throw him one and so he invites uh his boyfriend's parents yeah, who he's like he never met, but he's ta- they've talked on the phone a lot and everything at the because they have a, they run a store together. And the David's dad, um, they're staying at the David the hotel, the motel. Yeah, and 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 so David's dad goes to like check them in and, and talks with them and everything, and accidentally outs the son. Who? Oh no! Yeah, they didn't know that. They knew that they were business partners, but they didn't know that they were romantically involved. And mm-hmm. and so, like, that 
that tells you your setup. And now, Noel, you can imagine how so many shows would handle this, right? Right, yeah. Here's how Shit's Creek handles this. David's dad, like, immediately does what he can, right, to in the, in the moment, and then immediately goes and tells David. Then David mm-hmm. immediately goes and tells his boyfriend. And then, and they have a beautiful scene about it. And then, he's uh, like, so, surprise. Yeah, yeah. And then they go, and and then then David goes to talk to his boyfriend's parents, um, to you know, and to see what he can do to help to try to like you know, yeah. Um, and then they have the party, like so, and and, and then Patrick uh decide, comes out to his parents, and the the parents uh are upset not because he's gay, but because he didn't feel like he could tell them and yeah. so that's what they're upset about uh they were the, what they struggle with is like what did we like why did he why did he feel like he couldn't share this with us what did we fail as in his parents that he didn't feel like he could come to us and and it's just absolutely beautiful the whole episode it's like because like lots of shows have done episodes in a similar vein, not necessarily with someone coming out, but this kind of, and it's always go for the awkward, go for the big storm out at the party, go for, the, and that's just, that's never Shit's Creek. That's not what it is. And it just made me so happy watching it. It was, each of these different scenes was handled really well and funny and interesting and very, very human. And I think it's just a perfect encapsulation of the ethos and the tone and the priorities of this show. No, that sounds really good that how they handled it. Cause most of the time, then it just becomes like a comedy of errors sort of thing yeah. or like a weird sort of blow up. So their willingness to sidestep all that sounds really, really good. And I saw a lot of people really respond really well to this episode in particular, mm-hmm. um, which made it all the harder. That they and also announced that this was the last, that next yeah. season was the last season. Cause it's like, but wait, but, but, but wait, you just did this really gem of a, sh- a gem of an episode guys. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> just making sure you, you know, you're going to miss us <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah. So I'm just going to reiterate again, Noel, when you're, you know, when you have time, uh, when, when oh, you're, well, up, Kate, when I you're have going so in, much time now, <laughs> when you're going in for some like kind TV, you know, like mm-hmm. start in with, with Schitt's Creek. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the beginning of the show is like, but I know jumping to season five is where it has been great. Especially like, the, like my first couple episodes reacting to it was like, yeah, I mean, like I get it. It's not. Is, I mean, I don't get all the hullabaloo, but I can see why people like it. To like, I've I'm fully in the <laughs> on the team. I'm like absolutely a citizen of, of Shit's Creek now, whatever the fan term is. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's talk about last week tonight and uh, their episode mm-hmm. public shaming. I mean, I think the whole episode is you know it's a solid, entertaining, good uh, last week tonight episode. Um, but I thought we should just talk briefly about the high profile segment they did, which was uh, having John Oliver interview Monica Lewinsky. Um, I thought it was a, a interesting and and fun sort of interview. I thought there was a good balance of like just banter and substance. Um, mm-hmm. And I got and, you know, it's very as high profile for them. Oliver hasn't interviewed many people in the yeah. show's run. 
Um, he's yeah. not, and it's not his strong suit, right? There are people who no. would be better interviewers than him. Yeah. But I thought the parts that worked well were the very, I mean, and I've seen, I've seen other and better interviews of Monica Lewinsky, but I thought the parts that worked really well was when you got the, like, you actually got a sense from Oliver that he is very embarrassed and of, of even like the work he has, he did during, you know, during this time. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the way he has approached some of these topics. Um, and that is not something I have gotten from any other late night host. So yeah. it was wonderful to see. Uh, what, what did you think? Right. So one, I do think that this is a good way that their decision to do public shaming is sort of a good way to handle, a, provided like a different hot take, air quotes, mm-hmm. on like the college admission stuff. Because it's very easy to like jump into a shame thing. And then the answer is, well, let's explore that whole concept. And this episode, I think, generally does a decent job of sort of picking it apart. Not a great job because it's too broad of a topic mm-hmm. for them to cover, even for them, I feel like. It's it's much too big. Um, but for how they sort of navigate it, it's pretty good. But without this interview, the entire episode just doesn't work as well for the reason you just said of like, Right, so I made some shitty jokes 10 years ago during the anniversary of this or whatever it was Mm -hmm. in the context of when he was on The Daily Show. And now I'm going to sit down with this woman and talk to her about this in a way that is both slightly probing. Like you said, there are significantly better interviews, even down to the Clinton scandal interviews that uh, Lewinsky provides uh, context for, Mm -hmm. to the fact that we're going to talk about what we would have changed our names to. And then Lewitsky just nailing Oliver right at the end of the episode, <laughs> just like bam, right in the, right in the kisser. And it's just so good and good and good and good. Um, Cause you almost lose it over like the audience laughter in it that I had to like rewind it to hear what she said. And I just went, Oh, that's very good. But it also like demonstrates how much of like, she's managed to, come to a place where she's able to do interviews like this and also engage people on this level in this kind of a context. And that I think more than anything demonstrates how she's overcome that kind of public shaming type stuff that she went through ad nauseum for, and still goes through to a large extent, um, at least on social media, um, perhaps less so like within late night television, thankfully. Um, But still, that we can joke about this to a certain degree and I can talk kind of frankly about this is huge for her. And to have that space created, I think is really great. And so I think that without this interview, this episode is good, but the episode, the interview is what makes the episode. Yeah. Really brings it all together and provides Cause like there is not a person I can think of who is better for this discussion than yeah, Monica no, Lewinsky. Not. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really, it was really interesting. I'm glad that they did it. Um, let's move on to our next episode or series, and that's Queer Eye Season 3. I already talked about this a little bit last week. I was super on board. I really enjoyed the season. I'm curious what you thought. I think it's pretty good. Um, I appreciate, I think my big thing that I really appreciate um, is that this season sort of scales back 
on the uh, Fab Five sort of having big personal epiphanies or realizations about things through the through their heroes, which is never a term I'm going to really latch onto and always say yeah. slightly with air quotes because I don't really like it. Um, but um, I like that that gets scaled back significantly here when they go to Kansas City to talk to people. Um, so, but it's also really weird because Bobby just disappears all the time in these episodes. Just because he's <laughs> like, too busy working. Right, no, that's what it boils down to. It's just like, alright, you guys go show them how to do all this stuff or push over boxes. I'm gonna be busy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for interviews. I have to make these apartments flippable for their landlords to then evict them in a, when their lease is up. <laughs> Which is also, like, a large problem I had with a lot of, like, in the particular this season of, like, oh, boy, Jones's Barbecue is going to get real expensive rent now, I feel like. I'm really worried about that. It's also <laughs> going to get a lot more foot traffic. Right, yeah, no, so... and they've got, like, other forms of income, but i also yeah. worried about, like, um... What you call it? Like Jess's apartment suddenly be being worth a great deal more, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like that whole thing. Um, yeah. So generally, though, I think this is generally really. It's a really enjoyable season um, from the Queer Eye sort of franchise. I still think that like a lot of the general sorts of things that are built into it of like, uh, can outside making yourself better sort of makes you feel better sort of thing is always kind of squishy um i do think that they do more with core uh this season in terms of like selling that and like the fact that he is he's got like a psych he's i want to say i'm almost positive like he's gone through and like has done his licensed social worker um degree work Mm -hmm. um because i think he mentioned that on kimmel this week or last week um so seeing that play out a bit more i think was really good this season more so than like all right well i know i just i know i just made fun of the boxes but like climbing the wall and dealing with that and then finding out that thomas has a fear of heights yeah (laughs) is really good um so i think that that generally worked better um but it's also like still deeply emotional like heartstring like the entirety of Baby on Board, or mm-hmm. um, is am I thinking of Baby on Board? Because I know that my episode order was different from some of the other. This was something that came out of like yeah. the episode orders got shuffled for a lot of people. Yeah, um, and I think they got shuffled for me because um, I think the like the thing mentions like um, the last official is supposed to be Baby on Board, mm-hmm. but I think Elrod and Sons is my last episode that I watched. Yeah. And that's just gut-wrenching to watch that episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I thought that they like I thought they did a much better job this season with their ugh, hero. I hate that choice of uh, but hero casting. Yes. I thought was really on point. I thought that the like you said, Karamo as therapist and social worker instead of culture, whatever that means. Yeah. Is much much better. And yes. I thought that they did a good job of like there felt like more of an awareness towards sustainability 
with mm-hmm. the changes and like the like yeah. so like the Jones barbecue right it's we got you a new grill we got you like that kind of stuff we 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 cleaned up the clear the patio so people can hang out longer and are less likely to leave the line like that kind of stuff uh we got you the sauce so that you can and built you a website so now you can you know take this netflix thing and I'm buying that it. sauce by the way <laughs> yeah exactly because and like people already know and love you and uh locally yeah. so let's build your brand so that you can like ha- get this money coming in like i thought that stuff worked really well having the um like the the conversations around healthy eating and food um for the the guy with the uh with the with the young kids was just uh-huh. like Oh, gut punch. Like it it was, that was some of the like most affecting stuff. And then adding in, like having the connection with, uh, about the adoption, you know, connection with Bobby, Mm -hmm. I thought was also really powerful. Like they did a good job of finding people who could use some help and wanted it. Unlike everybody's <laughs> was like deserved it, <laughs> unlike yes. some of our previous <laughs> heroes, um, and also just having an eye towards what is going to make a longer term difference in their life. So yes, like fixing up Jones Barbecue and giving them new appliances for you know, and really making it their workspace more comfortable and more efficient is going to help them way more than redoing their living room. You know what I mean? Yes. And I, I think there was, I appreciated more awareness of that. I also very specifically noticed that one house, like, they're like, no, you are not giving your master bedroom and bathroom to the six-year-old. They didn't seem to bother to make her a room. <laughs> yeah, no, I have, I have so many questions about what that little girl's room looks like now. Um, yeah. And if that got a little bit of a makeover, because I don't think it did. Um, but also... Why wouldn't you want to live in the basement away from your parents? Because basements are scary. But that that space looked pretty okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it will be fine. It's just like, you need to, oh my god. And and I thought there was plenty of really entertaining, like, there, there's just like a sword here. How is this guy going to have a baby? There's a sword, just like, oh god. Okay. Antony never having said the word sheath before. <laughs> Did I use that correctly? <laughs> so yeah, I really I really enjoyed the season. Um I thought that it was balanced better. I thought the that than than it has been. Um it sounds like I was stronger on it than you were. But um Yeah, I think you yeah, were. And, and I think there was also a, a good I think they did a better job of balancing some of like like the different the different parts of like what the tasks that people are doing, right? And yeah. and there were there felt like more of an awareness towards what does this person need and want versus what would I do? You yeah. know, so like the and camp was like we're not going to shame him about not showering. Though, can you believe he doesn't shower? That's yeah. so gross. <laughs> but okay. Let's just instead be like, oh, you should wash your hair every day, but you're not going to do that. So here's some dry shampoo. At least right, exactly. And that's something that was like prevalent in like the first season. I know that the mm-hmm. there's one in two seasons, but those were filmed like literally yeah. back to back and then released separately. Yeah. Because in this season, it's like Tan is Tan is very defensive about the French talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which. 
I think was supposed to be cute, but didn't play as cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the like they went to Walmart to shop for things because that's what that family could afford. And yeah. so there's that still that element of it in this season. Even if I went, Tan, why are you taking these people to H and M? That is the opposite of sustainable yeah yeah that's true that's true (laughs) that's not great let's not do that yeah but also i don't know what like shopping options are in and around the kansas city area and so it's like yeah maybe h&m is the best choice but it's also not the best choice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i liked the like the trunk club thing Mm -hmm. you know like some of that stuff too i think was was a good i mean i'm sure there was some brand connectivity there, but uh-huh. but that also is a kind of thing that makes sense for someone who works all day, you know, doesn't have yeah. time to go to a store. So I th- thought there was yeah. a, you know, overall a good blend of all these different things. Did you have a favorite episode or a favorite, um, a favorite hero? Um, I, leg- I think that for me, apart from Elrod and Sons, which is like deeply affecting just because of that chest, that mm-hmm. Bobby puts together for them. Oh. It's just like, oh. The handwriting. Oh, the waterworks. Oh. Yeah, no, I was like on the verge of sobbing because uh, yeah. it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, though I, I legitimately think like in a lot of ways, it's like Thomas was probably my favorite in part because I was just watching him at that anim- Kansas City Anime Club meetup uh-huh. and watching him just want to slowly back into a hedge <laughs> and disappear. <laughs> Because that face that he was making of like, oh, oh, I'm no, no. Like, I have made that face multiple times. And I just went, yeah, I feel ya. I feel ya. And then being like, what the fuck are you doing back over here? Go talk to those people. They're your people. Go talk to them. Um, Was also really good. So I think Thomas was sort of my favorite. But buddy, if you want to be a sloth, be a sloth. Sloths are awesome. You know who likes sloths? Kristen Bell likes sloths. So let's not hear about becoming a lion. Stay a sloth, buddy, because sloths are cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like that. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick a favorite because there are many that I liked. Instead, I will pick a favorite, like, moment. I, like, for me, like, doing the, the... dental thing with with one of the jones sisters oh god that also broke me super hard was really really powerful and there was like a thread of in some of the episodes the camp episode and the jones episode are the two that come immediately to mind but like a thread of the effects of poverty on someone's perspective and the way they've in their worldview not that they grew up poor or anything but just like the idea of like having bad teeth or a missing tooth or that kind of a thing. Like that's something that does not affect people who have money right. in, in this, who, who have disposable income such that they can spend a thousand dollars or whatever yep. it is to fix their teeth. Um, and so, and then like, obviously she had, a, they, they fixed her teeth, but just like not in a way that she wasn't self-conscious about and that had, and yeah. had been self-conscious about for her entire life. And yeah. that's the kind of thing where that, that, that is a very tangible, this is something that the only reason that you ha- are deal- dealing with this, uh, this, this external, like, tension and feeling less than is money we can just fix this there's lots of things you can't just fix but we can just fix your teeth 
so you're so that you don't feel self-conscious smiling you know at least yeah. you know maybe you've got there are larger issues that that you'll have to deal with and, and process and and you know that where the, all this is coming from but like that's an easy one so let's just do it yeah and i i think that that's really great and like i noticed that she was covering her mouth a lot and i just went oh yeah, and I get that. I understand that. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm sometimes a little weird about my teeth, which are by no means great looking. and um, But not to that extent. Mm-hmm. And like it's like, I get it. I totally understand that. And so like part of that was me re- like kind of projecting a little bit onto that. But also it was like her sheer just shift is monumental and the what that meant for her sort of like psychologically transcends a lot of well you should go shop at j crew and find things that really fit and it's like yeah they should and and certainly i've benefited from that but at the same time like this like you said is much bigger than that and means a lot more and because of how it's tied to like mental state and it's something that they can fix and won't be a problem again you right. know like yeah. she just yeah. needs to keep brushing and she'll be fine you know yeah uh so yeah yeah that it was there was a lot to like for me about queer eye and you know i should mention also that they did that in season two as well when they went to australia um yes. for that one guy okay. and 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 it was this, it's just i think that's a generational thing um mm-hmm. you know like a couple generations back that was not everybody didn't get braces when they were a kid like you couldn't afford to do that um, one my one of my grandmothers, um, it was she could either get her teeth fixed or pay for college, yeah. And so she chose to get her teeth fixed, right? Like the, those are the choices people made, and and a lot of people. So like the like that connection of bad teeth to poor to which means in our fucked up society less than to a lot of people, not worthy to a lot of people is really a very tangible one. And so especially seeing that with the older heroes, I think has been really interesting and uh, a sort of a generational shift marker in, you know, how kids are raised in this country. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was interesting. <sighs> All the feels. Uh, let's pivot over to our last episode for our weekend TV and that's drag race. And first we're going to talk about diva worship and then we'll talk Trump the Rusical. So, I had kind of hyped this for you a bit. Yeah. No, I was like, okay, so they have a challenge and one of the groups is one of the best at that kind of challenge that the show's done. And one of them is like yes. the worst. Uh, did I overhype it for you or was that an accurate read for you of Diva no, Warship? No, no. It was a super accurate read on Diva Warship. Um, the Britney Spears um, network is just real, real good. <laughs> is Britney bitch? <laughs> it's Britney, bitch. And also, like, the deep cut of the Leave Britney Alone fund mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. It's like they knew Britney, they had Britney, and they just, it was such a really clear through line for that entire bit. So much so that, like, my person and I went, this is a really well executed SNL sketch, is how good this sketch is, really. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the Mariah Carey one and you're like, Oh no! Your your phone number is one eight hundred Mariah. That's the That's best not... you can do. Yeah, no, like it's all bad. And like I thought for sure that the the preview at the break of like, so what do you all know about Mariah? And then there's just like crickets. And I just thought, well, this is just them editing. 
and like mm-hmm. they usually do for, yeah like they usually do and it's like oh no they don't know anything about mariah carey mm-hmm. oh no and so much so that like while watching their sketch it's just like my person and i are like hiding under our blanket <laughs> because it's like we don't want to watch them just fail miserably yeah. and then they do just fail miserably and it was just really it was really rough watching it because they didn't know anything they had no good jokes there wasn't like enough like stuff to like they had like a good concept like the ariana, ariana grande thing is a good idea though she should have had a pony <laughs> She definitely should have had a pony. Well, that was the thing. It's like, it's a good concept, but none of the details are there to make it work. And so that was really frustrating. And so it was just really, it was, it was, it was frustrating to watch. And so that was just, that was really difficult. Mm -hmm. And then I appreciate that Rue was so upset that she made everyone sing. (laughs) (laughs) Even though that was a mess and unwatchable yeah. Yeah. from a, as a television experience, but as a warning shot across the bow of like, bitches, you better step up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to get people scared. Um, yeah. It makes for terrible television, but it's good for it's good after feeling like Rue was checked out of All Stars. It's good to see Rue not checked out of the regular season of the show. Mm-hmm. And so I needed that kind of reassurance of that kind of thing. But I also appreciated the legitimate fear of like, there's a lot of you here still. We could eliminate like three of you and I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that whole thing, I think, really helped in terms of like giving Divas Worship a really like strong episode, even though a th- solid chunk of it is just virtually just bad because it's bad. Yeah. And not because it's poorly edited or anything like that, just legitimately, it's just bad. <laughs> because yeah. they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. No, the uh, the the lip sync for me didn't... I like that they did split screen because that really helped follow yes. what was going on. So they, which, And they should do that a lot more. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, the song choice was terrible. Yes, it's a terrible song choice. Especially compared to the song choice that they used for Trump the Rusical. Yeah. Which is a great song choice. So no, it's a bad song choice. Um, especially with such a large group. Yeah, having a dance remix, like I don't understand why you would ever do a dance remix for your lip sync battle. Because yeah. there are no levels. It's just no. like the whole point of it is it's all to raised. maintain <laughs> Yeah. Is to maintain the same beat and pulse throughout. It doesn't even change chords. It doesn't change like there's not like how do you expect them to build like they're doing their best. They're really going for it, but like how do you expect them to build like a emotional journey through a lip sync if you don't let them have like the like the 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 dramatic start and then like the dance break which pops it up a level and then come like how you expect them to build levels with that? So I, I was surprised. I didn't see other people talking about that, and it was really bothering me. Yeah. So I'm glad it's not just me. Um. Yeah, I didn't really care for the mini challenge that much. I thought it was okay, but like, and and I just think the it did the results weren't as good as I would have liked. It wasn't as, yeah. as compelling. Uh, I liked Nina's though. Uh, maternity yes. test that was very fun, and the looks I thought were pretty good. Uh, but there was there was a sameness to them, which was yes. disappointing. I liked yeah. Honey's look a lot, but then that lip sync man. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I don't know what was happening there. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Trump the Rusical. Uh, right. I, I went into this expecting it to be terrible. Yes, and so did I. 
Yeah, and I wound up actually really liking it. And I think a big part of that is that I have a background in musical theater and playing for shows. And I think another part of that is that I just expected it to be so bad. And then it was actually really fun. And so that uh, made me like it all the more. I think I like this episode more than a lot of people did. Um, I also loved the mini challenge uh, and the Roma was pretty good. So for, I was, I think this is my favorite episode of the season, um, but I think I'm in the minority on that. So what did you, what did you think? I really like this episode too. So I'm surprised to hear that this wasn't super well received. Um, yeah, I was expecting the Rusical to be super not good. Mm-hmm. And I think the decision to make it a lip sync as opposed to like a actual, like, yeah. not an actual air quotes, but like a everyone, you need to learn lines and yeah. this kind of thing. And like, it's like, you need to learn lines, but you don't need to learn how to perf- say and perform the lines. You need to learn how to lip sync and perform the lines. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a wiser choice. After, especially after doing the um, televangelist sort of thing. Yeah. Like, shifting this a little bit to doing, like, a large-scale lip sync was good, I think, and really kind of change a pace that was necessary, especially after doing a, a string of, like, acting challenges. Doing, a, like, a more of a lip sync mm-hmm. challenge was a good idea, I think. Um, but, and like you, I was expecting this not to be particularly good though. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I was a little wishy-washy on it, but I think that overall there's a number of really good performances on there, whether it's Nina playing Sarah Huckabee Stan- Sanders naturally, um, mm-hmm. which is really great. Or Evie Oddly's just perfectly grotesque Kellyanne Conway, like mm-hmm. the wig and the face are all recognizable as a Crypt Keeper version of Kelly Ann Conway that's just perfect. And I was a little upset that Evie didn't win this yeah. week. Kind of more than a little bit, but also <laughs> Silky's runway look was real, real good. Um, and her Oprah was really great as well. I was like, when she first comes out with the, especially with the blurry cam and everything, I was like, damn! Mm-hmm. Did, they, did they steal her Snatch Game? Like yeah, I I I worry that that's why Silky didn't want to do this. Uh-huh. Um, why Silky was just like, why I gotta be Oprah? <laughs> yeah, I think that was. Oh god, I'm I'm so over Silky's uh, finding a reason to complain about everything. Yes, like some of it is very. I like I absolutely see where she's coming from, and some of it's like you got handed the role that always wins. That yes. is the character yeah. that always wins. Yeah. And you won. Yeah. So let's let's stop complaining. And by God, mm-hmm. if Silky complains next Thursday at, in the little thing afterwards, and I didn't watch Untucked for this week, mm-hmm. um, so I didn't. <gasps> you missed. Yeah, the, you no. missed the Vanjie Brooklyn kiss. Oh boy. Well, now I'll have, we'll have to watch that uh, later today yeah. because we were just running out of time before we watched Kiki's delivery service. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> we were prioritizing something like that. And my person doesn't always enjoy Untucked. Yeah. Because um, it's it's a very acquired taste. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so I think like all the Rusical stuff's much better than I was anticipating being. The Mad Out challenge, I think, is really delightful. But you can also tell that there are just plenty of people who have never watched Rachel Maddow and plenty of people who are not super comfortable reading a teleprompter. Mm-hmm. And I'm really uncomfortable with like how we're laughing at that. But also like there are serious socioeconomic and political and educational reasons why some of these people can't say sophisticated mm-hmm. or can't figure out what kernel is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, some of this may be playing for laughs intentionally, but some of this is not. And I'm not great at like, 
I'm not comfortable with the fact that the show doesn't seem super concerned about it one way or another. Yeah. And it, that doesn't make me happy. Yeah, it, it was interesting for me watching some of the reactions to uh, to that on Twitter and then also in the comments over at my review at the AV Club. Because for me, it was like a very clear... No, reading from a teleprompter, cold read like that is hard. It's really hard to do. It is hard, yes. And... And, and so that's why, so I, I got a kick out of it because like, that's a really hard thing to do. And instead, I didn't see, I expected that would be the general reaction, general reaction. Yeah. And instead it was like, oh, these, these queens can't even read. It's like, no, that's not why they're having, like, it's, the, you have to be on camera and just go. You have to scan ahead of what you're reading so that you can see where the inflection points need to be. So it makes sense. But you can't, you don't even have a second to read it before yeah. you like it's really it's a really hard thing to do well. I mean, you could even yeah. and I liked that the that Maddow clearly was doing a live read too. Yes, because she got to she got to good God girl get a grip, and yeah. and and Just she bleh. and she got it out, but then she made a yeah. face because you know it was not to her uh, expectations for herself, right? Yeah. Um, but also like everybody making fun of Colonel like. Usually, when we see Colonel, it's C O L period, right? Yeah. Most people don't I see guess. the word Colonel spelled out, and mm-hmm. in in a pressure situation, like because your eyes, you just have to keep talking, you just have to keep keep yeah. going, right? That like it would be very easy for that to, to trip up someone who's very who's very familiar with that word, in with like using it just doesn't write it. And doesn't yeah. read the full written out word very often. Um, so, so yeah, I I was very surprised that the reaction was like I thought I was disappointed in the reactions I was seeing from a lot of viewers to that. Mm-hmm. Just being like, oh, these queens are stupid. It's like, no, no, they're not. The point isn't to show that they're stupid. The point is to show that this is hard. Yeah. Um, and and, and clearly, that. if it was that common of a reaction. The show yeah. needed to do a better job to underscore that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that comes through a little bit with, like, Maddow doing also cold read of the teleprompter, which I really appreciated that that was incorporated. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it was a lot of fun that Maddow did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, yeah, yeah. Um, I do have one big question for you, though, about this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um do you think that Joel, Mikhail, and Michelle had sex afterwards? Because I really think that they did. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I found Joel absolutely obnoxious. I get what he was doing. I get what he was going for. Yeah. Um, and he seemed, No, he's super obnoxious. Yeah. He seemed very, like, he was not secure in, like, he's out of his comfort zone. Like, yeah. apparently he is quite a fan of the show, but this yeah. is not his humor, right? He knows this yeah. is not his sphere. And so he, like, made a choice and went with it yeah. and then, like, had to commit to the bit. And you yes. could tell Michelle, is first she was annoyed, and then when he's like, are you, are you mad at Talking me? Talking at her, yeah. <laughs> then, then it was cracking her up, but she was trying to perform being yes. irritated. And you could see, like, her yes, trying to not break. So, like, yeah. I mean, obviously that was a, a show, Right, yes. but it still was obnoxious, and I did like I just kept thinking of these queens who have been working so hard and are like mm-hmm. this is such a big thing for them, and yeah. here's this guy going yeah like yeah, it just wasn't. I mean, some some viewers really liked it. 
Uh, some people yeah. thought it was hilarious and we we're super on board, but I was just like, no, this is not about you, Joel McHale. I appreciated it for like Michelle's reaction. And I liked when he toned down to like provide feedback. And, yeah. Like, well, and he, he had was, feedback. He had good feedback. And he had, he had good feedback. It was just like you said, he commits to the bit and the bit's not great, but it's good for watching it just slowly break Michelle. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's really good for is watching Michelle try not to break. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the extent of it. Um, what else did you think about like the orange alert looks? Like I've already like been like Silky's was really great. I'm a little annoyed with like that Evie's did not get more appreciation because I think Evie's is also really, really good. But I also just really like Evie's mm-hmm. um, approach to a lot of things here. So what else stood out for you with the uh, runway look? I thought that they mostly looked really good. Um, mm-hmm. Mercedes was clearly the worst. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the, the level of runway that most of the queens are bringing is really high. Especially yeah. for having this many queens left. Uh, yes. So like Nina's wasn't great. No, it was and it was good, but it, it was, was like fine. Yeah, but it it's wasn't just it, like. But but that's like the level I, that we can the, that I can nitpick because most of them yeah. I thought looked really great. It was there was a, again a, that same showgirl kind of yeah. theme that I'm getting tired of because so many of them seem to be doing that with every single runway. Um, yes, and I thought the critique of Vanjie by Michelle yeah, was. God, huh? God help Vinji if she does that again. Yeah, it was it was on point and yeah. uh like she looked gorgeous, but yeah. you know, it's time to change it up. Ariel, same thing, looks gorgeous, yep. time to change it up. Plastique, I don't want to see those studded tights again. You know? Yeah. Uh so so I thought that the overall level looked really great. I, I also really liked Evie's and um because it again it was a character. It was interesting. It, it, yes. it reminds me, it's like it was, it's a less polished version of what Naomi was doing in All Stars 4. And yes. I, that's something I really appreciate. Um, I also should say, I didn't really talk about this. I thought that the Ruskull was really fun. And I like the idea yeah. to do Grease instead of an original one was really smart. Mm-hmm. And yes. for me, like I've seen some people who were really offended by it and thought it was making it like we can just like laugh off the Trump administration and what they're doing. And for me, that was like the opposite of what they were trying to do. It's very much Um, the opposite of what they were trying to do in that. Yeah. And and so like, and having, like you said, Evie be this gargoyle next to a, to Nina's thing, though she could have had even more of a smoky eye. I thought, I thought that she missed that. But, um, but like the, the different kind of approaches for the different women, I thought worked really, really well to show the different faces of evil if you would if you know if, if right you, you know i thought that worked really well i thought that everybody pretty much did a good job yeah. uh, i liked yeah. what vanji was doing it wasn't rosie o'donnell but no but it was super entertaining it was super entertaining and also how is rosie o'donnell doing that choreography right, right. yeah yeah you can't pick on vanji for that when you're giving that choreography yeah and that's just kind of that's asking too much um the other thing i'll say is that i really like that plastiques uh um melania looked more like lauren benati's uh-huh. <laughs> melania than it actually looked like melania so i appreciated that kind of layering of yeah. impression that was happening there was real good for me yeah yeah no and, and, and again like kiria did a good very good job but that wasn't particularly stormy that wasn't stormy daniels no. And no, but that just, wasn't a yeah. critique, you know, yeah. and 
uh, Omarosa Raja, I thought uh, her. I really liked her runway look, and I thought she did a yes. good job. But she did a good job as nondescript character, and she had yes. a much bigger character than either Vanjie or Akira. So I thought it made sense for her to be in the bottom. But like, again, like because everybody did a good job <laughs> except yes. for Mercedes, and it was time for her to go. Um, yes. Like I, I, I think this is probably the best Rusical they've done. Yeah, probably. And, and for me, it really worked. It was just the right level of silly and ridiculous and also really pointed. Um, mm-hmm. And, oh, Ginger Minge. Oh, Ginger Minge is Trump. It was great. Oh, I also really liked good. Suga's look. Did you like Suga's uh, runway? It broke both me and my person mm-hmm. when Sugar came out. And um, then eating the Cheetos as well. And then like, contouring with it. Yeah. Yes. It was, like, super, super good. I was just like, Boy Drag sometimes doesn't do super well on this show, but... That's super good. Oh, well, and she had a giant chest and it was yes. in heels. So that was what yeah. worked, made it work so great for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I really like this episode and uh, I'm excited to see what comes next. Oh, yeah. they they did all that choreography and I really like the choreography chunk. And then none of it was in the sketch. Yeah, and no, none of it. I was like, oh, come on. But I, I enjoyed yeah. all the shade that they were throwing at Raja. I was like, don't like, <laughs> I, I studied piano for 12 years and- by the time I finished studying piano, I was really good, uh, especially considering I never practiced. But I would never say now that <laughs> I can that I'm a great, you know, I've got, I'm, I'll be perfectly fine. I'd be like, I did it a lot when I was a kid, so I should be able to pick stuff up. But like, I have no qualms. Like, if someone was like, oh, I toured as a concert pianist for six years, I wouldn't be like, oh, I guess they're showing off. It's like, no. They are an actual professional. You <laughs> took lessons when you were in high school. And I don't doubt that you were really good. And clearly she was crushing the lip sync. Right. Yeah. But that's not the same thing. And don't be like hurt and offended and like feel attacked by the fact that somebody else did this professionally. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, that was just weird and awkward. It was a good balance, though, of of tones because you had yeah. that like kind of bitchy subtext, and then you had all the really powerful stuff with Nina and Mercedes at the same time. Like for me, this episode had everything. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, so we'll see what we think of the next one and if they can sustain this moving forward. But uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this episode, and I'm I'm glad that you did too. I'm glad I'm. I feel a little, little less alone. <laughs> I felt like I was. I expected everyone to love this, and then I my I put up my review, and I got a few people. I mean, obviously, you always remember the negative comments. A few people being like, "This is I can't imagine this grade f- for this one. Like that's ridiculous. Last week's was so much better, and like this one was offensive, and all these different things." And and that's totally cool. Everybody has their own reactions, and they're coming from different perspectives and from a different place, uh, and that's great. But I so I was not expecting that to be a controversial review comparatively for me. Um, so nice to know that I'm not by myself <laughs> in my perspective on, on this episode and we'll see what happens next time uh what one's your week in tv um well kate i watched the pretty little liars the perfectionist spinoff pilot mm-hmm. and uh, i'm probably gonna keep watching and i hate myself for it <laughs> um there's this weird hint of like an actual surveillance state at play and I have to find out why this show became person of interest with 20-somethings mm-hmm. at college. I just have to. And I also have to find out why Allison DeLaurentis is a TA to a teacher that doesn't appear to exist. But 
what wins my week in TV is probably Trump the Rusical with like a shade of Oh Brother Where Art Thou from Supergirl, but it's probably Trump the Rusical by far and away. Yeah. What okay. about you? Yeah, I really like that. Um, and I really like Shit's Creek. So, yeah, I guess I will. I will. I will split the vote and give it to Shit's Creek this week. Meet the parents. Um, but okay. I also love Queer Eye. But I watched that last week, so that's why. That's why I'm not giving it to Queer Eye. Uh, sure, <laughs> as I justify it to myself. With that, we will take a break, listen to a trailer for Shrill Season 1, and come back with our Season Spotlight. We'll be right back after this. Um, let's see. I got my lotion and my gum and my shoelaces for my brown shoes. Um, and could I also get um, the morning after pill? Hey, Nick, do we sell the morning after pill? Oh, oh, that's okay. We don't need to bother Nick. He's doing pill business. Oh, really? Give it care of your pill like it. I know I'm just assistant calendar editor, but I would really love to write more. And but I think you millennial dumpling. Work hard and pay your dues. So that's a maybe then, right? <laughs> are you liking the thin menu? It's fine. Well, are you doing the almonds between meals? Yeah, they're so satisfying. Sometimes when I have six almonds, I feel like I had 12 almonds. Hey, my roommates are here. You're cool with going out the back again, right? Um. If I could just give you a quick pitch. I heard about this pool party, and it's all about people feeling comfortable in their own skin. The last thing we need is everybody feeling comfortable in their own skin. That would be the 70s. I just would love to start some up. Annie, please go away. Leave it haters in the dust. They wish they had better luck. This may be the best day of my life. I wrote an article and 19,000 people clicked on it. 19,000 people clicked her. Not clicked me, but... All right, Annie! I feel very powerful right now. I've been letting people dismiss me or say to me my entire life. At this point, I just feel like Yeah, And you too. Yeah, I mean... You found the location of my troll. I bet she uses a corn dog as a dildo. That's, well, that's him. I don't even think you could use a corn dog as a dildo because it, w- it would disintegrate inside. Yeah, I'm not going to actually try and use a corn dog as a dildo. There's no harm in trying. There's some harm in trying, right? That was the trailer for season one of Hulu's Shrill, which is from writer Lindy West. It is semi-autobiographical and stars A.D. Bryant and has been much uh, uh, anticipated this this uh, TV season. What did you think, Noel? Were you looking forward to this? And how familiar were you with Lindy West before you watched it? I do not know Lindy West at all. Um, so I is my response there i'm afraid <laughs> but i was kind of looking forward to it in part because i really like ad bryant a great deal mm-hmm. and so i was curious to see her headlining a show and i was i was also like eager to see what this show was going to look like and what it was going to say and what it was going to do plus there's a number of really good people behind it including like warren michaels elizabeth banks um 
So there's just like a lot of really good people that are working on this show. On to say nothing of like John John Cameron Mitchell in a really thankless, horrible role that he just murders and then like dumps in a river. Um, oh, he's so fun as as not Dan Savage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Um so I think all of that made me sort of like have higher expectations than I thought I was going to have. Because I think that this is okay, but I also think that it suffers really heavily from pilot season-itis. Mm-hmm. This is our show, and this is what it's going to be. And then I'm like, but you guys had you guys had six episodes, and I feel like we, we should have done this whole thing in three. And also, Luca Jones, God bless him, I don't want to like Ryan, and I'm tired of the show trying to make me already after six episodes. So... I wasn't, like, super on board with it, um, but, you know, at the same time, any show that gives me the pool episode is pretty much okay, is going to get, a like, a recommendation for me, if only for that episode. And that's kind of where I kind of fall on this, is, like, it's good, it's not nearly as good as I was thinking or expecting it to be, but that pool episode is delightful and really, really good. How did you feel about it? Um, the hive mind is alive and well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wanted this to be so much better than it was. And it, that's not to say it's bad, but it is not going to be remembered at the end of the year. Uh-huh. Uh, I, you know, I will need a reminder that it's coming back when it comes back. I assume it will. Um, and hopefully it'll grow. I think there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of really talented people working on the show in front of and behind the camera. Um and I just like, I say this as someone who listens to Savage Lovecast every week and really uh, enjoys and appreciates uh, Dan Savage. The, the, like the constant Dan Savage shade was amazing. <laughs> like in the theme of all your faves are pro- problematic. Like I was like, yep, this is, um, I'm really enjoying this. And I don't doubt a single thing. <laughs> I can see it, having listened to that podcast long enough so much. Like I see so many through lines here. Like, yep, that sounds about right. Um, so I, I, Cameron Mitchell's performance is truly delightful. And I like that the show is just like, no, he's going to be our villain and obnoxious. And also probably like the, the notion that someone, the notion that they have a character self publish a piece to their website and doesn't immediately get fired is absurd. No, no. Like I looked at my person and went, I don't understand. Even from a, my person was just like, but it got so many clicks. And I just went, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Like I can see how maybe they can't fire her because it would like, it would, they get blowback and they got to be like, we intended this piece all along. But like, I like, yeah, yeah, that like you, okay. And the show knows that Annie, has pro- faults and problems, right? That she is, and, and especially towards the end of the season, they really steer into that of her being self-involved and not being there for her friends. And like, she's got stuff that she's dealing with and going through, but that doesn't negate her absence, her absence in the the lives of her friends when they need her. And so I think that that goes, you know, I, I appreciate that they have a clear perspective on that, but the notion that you would think that you can do that and not get fired. Like I was expecting that to be like, she was drunk and that's why that she did that. But no, she just was like, I feel like I can like, if I self published a piece 
to the front page or any page of the AV Club, I would never work again as a writer. Yeah. And I would deserve to never work again as a writer. Um, and I don't think the show has an appropriate level of um, acknowledgement and understanding of of that. So, yeah, there was some stuff in it that was really hard to get on board with. And I think that that unwillingness to engage in, like, realness but is, like, the show's biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Is that even even moving past the issue of, um, whatchamacallit, the fact that she would have been fired. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the very least, even more demoted than she actually is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um comes to the point where it's like Annie doesn't have any like interiority mm-hmm. um like we she gets really sh- selfish she gets called out for it a little bit but at the same time there's like no interrogation of her life in a lot of ways it's really frustrating to watch and like her emotional state kind of comes through when she does that monologue after the pool party but at the same time it's really they're not willing to interrogate Annie like as a person Mm -hmm. so like it's just it's it was really difficult to like buy into this sort of like very surface skimming sort of level of things which is why i think that pool stands out so much as an episode because aesthetically and visually it starts to pardon the pun dive into things yeah that the show on a whole steers towards and then quickly steers away from by having Annie keep going back to this loser boyfriend over and over and over again for no discernible reason apart from she keeps saying she has renewed self-confidence but then we never get to see it in any way sort of tension then she just generally seems kind of happy to be with the guy who has an Alcatraz podcast yeah well and like yeah, and it's not examining her crippling fear of being alone, which is... Right, it's not acknowledged at all. Like, it's really, it's real frustrating. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, by the way, I also agree that Pool is a wonderful episode. That's so, it, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that episode and um, some of the different threads and different performances, like loving Daniel Stern and Julia Sweeney as the parents, like, delightful. Yeah. Uh, there's So there's a lot here that I actually do like, but... The stuff that I don't is what sticks out more to me. I thought that Bryant does a good job, but she took a couple episodes to settle in. If like the Uh first few episodes, like the expressions were a little too big, the reaction, it felt like more like her SNL performances, which she's brilliant on SNL. Don't get me wrong, but it's a different kind of performance. Um, And I think that she, she improved over the course of the series of the season. Um, But yeah, there's not enough. Yeah, and and like you said, interiority is the best way to put it um, to the character. I need to know more of where she's coming from and what she thinks and what she's experiencing outside of... Like, she felt very defined by her size in a way that the show was trying to actively combat. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I think there is more there there for her than there are for a lot of portrayals of of fat girls or big girls on TV... Uh, women, I should say, but there's a long, there's a lot more to go to and to 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 dive into, like you said. And I hope that that's where they head for the next season. I also really didn't care for the end 
thing with the troll. Like, yeah, really well played by what's his name? Beck Beckett, yeah. But, but yeah, really well played by Beck Beckett. But it just, for a couple of reasons, it's just really awkward because Portland has public transit. So I'm deeply confused mm-hmm. <laughs> as to why no one uses buses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or thinks to use buses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but transit exists in portland i know it does um why are you using it and so yeah i don't think that the finale works as well i think that the search for the troll um is a illegal mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but b even if it finally sort of embraces this idea of like shouting back in a way that we kind of play with as Annie sort of shouts back at Gabe. Um, but it doesn't, there's no, like, it doesn't feel cathartic in a way that you should feel at this point because she's just going to go back to her apartment and Ryan's going to be there getting high on shrooms. And it doesn't feel satisfying any way, shape, or form. And she's going to go back to her job, which isn't really a job anymore in terms of what she wants to be doing. Mm -hmm. And her mother has disappeared to Vancouver and just all this stuff. And it's like, but I don't, I don't feel anything that about it that happened. It was just things that happened. And that's a problem when you've got six episodes and it, it was just, it was, didn't, click in a way that I wanted it to click again even though I think Beck Bennett hits that he can play that kind of thing in his sleep mm-hmm. yeah yeah I also really liked the roommate character I liked everything we got oh, with her and her brother man. Lalia Dofe is a treasure yeah. and between this and Miracle Workers mm-hmm. oh she needs to be in everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> I loved the things with the the fight about the the haircut <laughs> The Bob <laughs> was, was terrific. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so there were a lot of other a lot of things that I did like about this, but I think it's because it, this has been a high profile project for a while, yes. and um, I'm just so excited to see Eddie Bryant get something else to do. I yeah, think, so and, I think you know it just yeah. it's easy for, it's an easy project to overhype for ourselves. Yeah, and yes. And it, yeah, it would have it would have benefited from a surprise drop, you know what I mean, as opposed to yeah. like anticipation and everything else. Uh, so yeah, I mean, normally these segments are half an hour, but I don't feel like I have much more to say. I could talk no. more about how much I love the pool party. Like, <laughs> no, but that's the thing is like we, we we do love the pool party. It's a very good episode, and it's worth watching if only just for mm-hmm. that episode. But at the same time, I'm also like. It just ends up kind of like ill-serving Aidy Bryant and a couple of other folks. Um, and it also just made me go, when am I getting my second season of Danger and Eggs? Yeah. What is yeah. that happening, Amazon? When do I get that? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's also only six episodes. It's an easy binge. Yeah. It's an easy stream. Yes. Um, very, very watchable and appropriate episode lengths for the most part yes and yeah so i just i care i do care about annie and i think maybe that's part of why some elements of this season didn't work for me as well and a big thing you know is ryan um because she we like her and she deserves so much better and he's not interesting and uh like when she keeps he's got a 14 year old son he 
never told her about. And that is not a deal breaker. Like, oh, Annie, respect yourself more. And I know that that's exactly the kind it, it, kind of thing that I mean, I love the way that the series kept coming back to this shaming as a omnipresent part of her life because of her size. Yes. Um, and and it, there, I think there's some start beginning to exploring how that has shaped so much of what she like her decisions and the way she treats herself and these other things too. But it's not fun to watch. <laughs> it's not fun to watch yeah. her um, just keep falling into these old patterns and, and, and realize something and then, and then nothing comes of it and realize it's like a, it's like a condensed version of my frustrations with Mad Men and the Sopranos. Right. No, like I was about to say, it's just like, it's like watching Don Draper have an epiphany about a carousel, cry on the stairs, and then immediately start going back to his old ways because we need to? Yeah. Question mark type of thing. And that is what was really like kind of frustrating is like, there's all of this sort of willingness to engage, but not a willingness to follow through with the engagement or to sort of do the actual work necessary, which makes everything feel kind of inert even if it is occasionally entertaining and even if all those custom made dresses that they designed specifically for the show all look great and amazing mm -hmm. but it's not enough yeah yeah and yeah it's just i wanted i wanted more for her so hopefully we'll get that in season two yeah indeed um well any final thoughts or yeah, no, watch it if you feel up to it. At the very least, watch Pool. You can pretty much watch Pool sans context. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's episode four. Um, it's real good. Um, and then investigate the fact that the woman who wrote the episode, Samantha Irby, is being accused of plagiarism about the episode from some white lady's book yeah. and TED Talk. Even though And it's super gross and silly and doesn't make any sense. And it's just a white lady being angry. Even though this was written and filmed before filmed. the book came out. Uh, yep. Yeah. And so this was written and filmed and then that book came out and then the show came out. It's just like different production schedules. So... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's our thoughts on that. Well, yeah. on that note, <laughs> you can find a post for this episode over at theteleverse.org where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's TV, what you thought of Shrill, what you thought of any of these other shows we're talking about. You can uh, like our page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. You can email us, theteleverse at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes with an M4A chaptered feed and an MP3 unchaptered feed. And uh, we're both on Twitter. I am at the Televerse and Noel. You are? At Noel RK. I had to think for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what your Top Chef favorite season is, listeners, as mm -hmm. we can maybe get a consensus so that I can, you know, we can be ready the next time someone asks us for a go-to season or like a go-to drag race season or any of these other reality shows. That's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I've, I also think about that for drag race and, and Project Runway and some of these other staples, amazing race. Um, but yeah. Uh, always a pleasure, Noel. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kate. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Televerse. 